insurance agents from around the world. Welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, powered by Glovebox. God, I love Glovebox. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. Best place in the United States to live right now, according to World News Reports. Come on down, guys. Come on down. Before we get started on today's podcast, please help me welcome. He's a six foot three sophomore from Mobile, Alabama. Parade first team All American, rivals five star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable. Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? I'm great, Scott. How are you today? Best I have ever been. Bradley, we've got to stop right now. I have the story to end all stories for my podcast listeners today and insurance agents. Man, you've been on a tear lately. This story happened yesterday, and we have got to discuss this with our all-star guest today that I am dying to introduce in just a moment. But I've got to tell you this story. Okay. So a couple of weeks ago, I reached out to some friends of mine in the industry. I was looking at some different things to bring on board in terms of vendors. You know how you you kind of feel like you've got a few little holes and gaps that you need to fill. And, uh-huh. and so I reached out to a couple people who I respect in the industry and that I had seen doing a good job in these areas. And I said, hey, can you help me out with something? And they're like, yeah, sure, I can help you. And I said, well, who are you using for this particular thing? And I don't want to get into the who, what, when, and where. But they gave me their contacts name and their cell phone number. And I guess about a week, week and a half, two weeks had kind of rocked on and I'd been busy and had a lot of stuff going on in my life and in the business. And so I had to kind of, kind of put this on the back burner. Well, yesterday I had about 15, 20 minutes that I, I, I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to call these vendors and kind of start the conversation with working with them. Mm-hmm. Here's where the story gets good. I call the first one. Now, remember in my phone, I have his name, and his cell phone number calling. He answers on about the third call. And I said, Hey, John, this is Scott Howell down in Huntsville, Alabama. Bradley, would you like to know what his response was? The same Scott Howell that's on the podcast? No. He said, how can I help you today? What, how can I help you? Very abrupt, very borderline rude. Mm-hmm. Okay. First call I made two vendors have both their names and their cell phone numbers. As I tell him who I am, why I'm calling and who gave me his number, his entire demeanor over the phone. (laughs) It was like two completely different people. He goes, Scott, Scott, stop. He goes, Scott, I have got to apologize to you. I am so sorry that I said what I said when I got on this call with you. I I apologize. I've, I've been guilty of that. You have no idea how many people call me a day that are trying to sell me something. Hung up with him. We talked for maybe 10 or 15 minutes, exchanged information, hung up with him, called the next one. Same thing. Hey, this is Scott Howell down in Huntsville, Alabama. How are you today, ma'am? What can I do for you, Scott? Same exact thing happens. I tell her who I am. I tell her who who gave me her number. Tell her what I want to do. Completely different person. Scott, I am so sorry. So sorry that I talked to you that way. I apologize. But you just have no idea how... Guys, these are people that are salespeople, and that's how they treated me on the phone. Now, let's get into that with our podcast host when we bring him on, because I For think sure. that would be a great conversation to kind of, you know, start with. Is like, is there something going on? 
uh-huh. that we as insurance agents need to kind of back up and recognize that, hey, when you try to cold call somebody, get ready. It's yeah. going to be bad. I have uh, gotten myself into similar situations on the other end a, few, right. a couple of times. I don't give my cell number out to customers. I used to. I don't anymore. Right. And I had a carrier that we got appointed with. I'm not going to say who it is that let's just say me and the rep did not get off to the right foot. I mean, not really defending myself, but not, not because anything I did, it just, we didn't get off the right foot. And I'm about 99.99% sure he put my cell number as the office number on there. I don't know if he did it on purpose or not, but for a little while there, I would get client calls and it would always start that way. Cause I'm not expecting pretty much if I don't have you saved in my phone, you're calling to sell me something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. You need to call the office here. I'll transfer you that sort of thing. But anyway, I cannot wait to have this conversation with our guest today to find out Absolutely. what his thoughts are on, have we reached an inflection point where it's almost impossible to call people because as soon as you introduce yourself, they are already in defensive. They're playing defense. I don't want to talk to you. I don't know who you are. I don't want to buy anything from you. I'm wildly interested in talking to him about this. So without further ado, guys, our mission on this podcast is to help you agents every single week row the boat towards the lighthouse just a little bit closer. And we have an all-star guest on today that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, and I'm I'm about to tell you why in just a second, that he can help you do that. So without further ado, please allow me to give him the introduction that he's always deserved. He was born, raised, and lives in Visalia, California. Got that right. Love that. He is the principal of Course Garden International, which specializes in global marketing, distribution, field leadership, and advisor building, and technology strategies for many of the world's largest insurance carriers and financial services companies. As a consultant, speaker, author of over six books, I say over because we're going to talk about our new book today, his mission has always been to help the insurance industry and its representatives wake up to the radical transformation taking place in the insurance industry. More important than all that, guys, more important than all that, let me say something to him. I'm not going to start crying. I'm not going to start crying. Yes, you are. I personally know people. I personally, I put Bradley Flowers in in this grouping. I personally know people, agents in this industry that have told me how much he has helped them in their career to get them to where they are today. I know folks, Aaron Farmer, I'm talking to you. Oh, he just texted me. I'm sure he did. But more importantly than even that, he's my friend and I love him. And I'm so proud of what he's accomplished in his life. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor today to introduce to you my friend and great American, second time guest on the IGP, Mr. Troy Corsgaden. How are you, Troy? Man, after that, I'm going to I'm going to play that clip every night before we have dinner at the house. <laughs> right before we pray, I'm going to play that so everybody can hear it every night. That was an awesome introduction. Thank well, you. Well, I mean, I mean every single word of uh, it. I, I feel the same way. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Th- I don't think you fully understand the impact you've had on a lot of people in this industry. I don't think you fully understand it, but maybe one day you will. <laughs> Well, you know what? I feel blessed. I, I used to just keep rocking and not think about it. Right. I think all of us on this show today have touched a lot of people. 
And that's, you got to pinch yourself, right? Because yeah, uh, we're all from not such big towns, right? And uh, we, we do touch a lot of people. So I'm honored and I'm blessed. And just the fact that you're saying it, it, it does uh, kind of make me choke up a little bit. So thanks. Appreciate Troy, it. what did you think about my story I told? Unbelievable. Never had that happen before. Is this a new world order where when you call somebody, it was so strange because as soon as I mentioned these people's names to turn that from a cold call to a warm call and then mention that I'm trying to buy something from them. Oh, yeah. oh, it was just it was a totally different conversation. So I've got a different bent. And I, and I think we've all answered the phone. You know, I've had a bad day. Right. We all have. But I, I've got a different bent. And uh, Bradley, you and I were speaking at an event here the other day. I gave out my cell number to all 300 people in the crowd. Uh, I do it every day. I do it uh, at the end of the show. If you ask me to give out my cell number and you guys have the biggest audience that I know of in the industry, period, bar none, there's nobody close to you. I'll give out my cell number. And here's why. Most people don't call you, and it's a fact, but when they do, it's important to them. Now, that doesn't mean that I can help each one of them, Scott. I, I can't. And, and if it's a sales call, we've learned, uh, my executive assistant, also my daughter, Emily, we've learned how to be nice to people. You know, at LinkedIn, they're always soliciting me. They're always soliciting when they call in. Everybody wants uh, to tag on to me because I have access to decision makers, right? And you guys do too. And so I've just learned to say, you know, this isn't a good time for me to be able to help you, but I wish you continued success in 2022. I really do. That, that's my, that. my prayer for them. Uh, and I'm right to the point. When it does turn to a solicitation, I don't want to waste their time because, hey, I'm, I'm a marketer, I'm a solicitor. And so I don't want somebody wasting my time. Some people just can't say no. I've learned to say no because saying yes too many times has got me in trouble. So Scott, I always try, and I'm not a perfect human being. You guys know that because you're my friends, but I strive to be better. And so when I answer the phone, and I'll get a lot of people, and then I'll shut up here, is they'll say to me, I met you 20 years ago in Murfreesboro. I met you 25 years ago in Los Angeles. I met you in Nebraska or whatever. And dude, you took my call when, when I called you. And man... Now that really gratifies me today. I didn't think much about it in the past, but man, I'm glad I took their call because that meant something to them for 20 years or 25 years. Now, last comment, you don't know who's going to be calling. It could be somebody that has a million dollars they want to spend with you on insurance or a million dollars to buy a product from you of some type, whatever, whatever you're selling. So I just treat everybody the same, whether they're the, the, the person that opens the door in the morning or the person that closes or they're the CEO. And uh, that's served me well. But again, if you're listening to this and I happen to not answer your call when you called because I was on another line, for the most part, I always do. So I'm glad you brought it up because I hope we get to talk a lot about service today. I think service is great. Say that, say that line again. I think it's important for people to hear that line that you use when you're trying to get off the phone with them, but you don't want to be rude. Yeah, this, this wouldn't be a good time for me to help. You know, there's different variations of it, right? But I wish you continued success in 2022. I'm, I'm complimenting them. They're, they're successful. They're in the game, right? Now, they have, there's different levels of success. But the fact that they're in the game and they got the guts, the guts to call somebody, yep. I admire that. Okay, that's, that's one of the problems that new people, if you're new and you're listening to this, don't be afraid. Go out on a limb. 
That's where all the fruit is. Right. Okay. And so you compliment them and then they're done. They don't bother me anymore. You know, because I'm sincere. We're on the same page with this. There's two things that get under my skin when they're trying to sell me something. And I'm still nice no matter what, but there's two things that shut it down immediately. Yeah. Uh, The first one is if I can tell you've done absolutely no research into the person you're calling. Boom. Drives me up the wall from a salesperson and a manager of salespeople. Like you don't have to FBI. I mean, do a quick Google search. <laughs> right. You know what I mean, Troy, I've had I had someone call to sell me a service, and his sales pitch in the service was for me to listen to an episode of the insurance guy's podcast that his boss was on. Oh, <laughs> and that flattered the crap out of me. But I was just like, bro, like. I was there <laughs> for like, I heard it live. I got the best version of it. But then the other one is, is when I give you the nice, Hey, I appreciate it. Not interested. I always tell them the thing I say is I say, Hey, follow up with me in six months. I'll give you permission. To follow up with me. And then if they push again, that's when it's like, Hey, we're done. You know, it, I have a little bit of a problem. It's more of a personal problem with a lot of this sale and I've done some content on this with a lot of this salesy type hardcore shove it down their throat Grant Cardone Jordan Belfort whoever because and and while that stuff is good in certain situations I think younger less seasoned salespeople hear that and they think oh I have to be this way all the time everybody can be closed right Cardone says no interest is a level of interest which is silly so I, I think people need to take things in context I agree with you. And, and just to that point, I, you know, where I get the most of what you're describing is I'm, I'm no longer an agency owner. I used to own an agency for 35 years. And today I'm just a consultant to carriers, but they daily go, I want to sell you some life leads, or I want to sell you some PNC leads or business leads. These are high value. And I'm thinking to your point, you didn't even look at my profile <laughs> because I don't, sell. I'm not a licensed advisor. Right. So I, I get what you're talking about, but I would ask you just, just as friends, we think about this and just go, okay, same situation, just a different style and a response. They're right. just trying to do their yeah. job. But yeah, you know, one of the things I hope we get to talk about, I just reread the 80-20 rule. Mm. And, and so if you spend 80% of your time answering these type of deals, you're broke, right? So there's a balance, right? But you, you can get right to the point. And then how do you stop that from coming? You know, is there a way to stop it? Now, I don't think you can never stop it because Scott's point, that stuff, you know, is going to happen. Uh, but I just, I think it's just the same situation, just a different style as far as what you react. Right. I think too, as more, there are more and more ways to communicate with people. Yes. I mean, it seems like every month that goes on, there's a different way you can communicate with folks. My eight-year-old is texting me now through Messenger Kids, which is like the craziest <laughs> thing ever. I'm like, she texted me yesterday. Do, you, do we have any Ziploc? She was at home with a babysitter. Do we have any Ziploc bags? I'm like, what do you want a Ziploc bag for? And probably for some Legos or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, our friend Gary Vaynerchuk, often in his keynote speeches, will say, how many people here are annoyed when they get a phone call? And the entire room raises their hand. And I guarantee right. you, if you would do that same straw poll 10 years ago, it's less. 15 years ago, it's less. And that sort of thing. So I think people also need to be a little bit more creative in some of the ways that they're reaching out to people because most people are annoyed when they get a phone call. If it's not mom, and sometimes even if it is mom, they're a little bit annoyed. Why don't you just text me? Why can't you just text to that? And that sort of thing, right? And while I think as a society, we do need to 
to still acknowledge that and be nice to these people that are calling us. There are different, better, and more efficient ways to communicate. So agree. Troy, we have got a lot to talk about today to help these agents in any way we can. And I know we want to focus on service. Yeah. We want to focus on kind of what we've been talking about for the last 10 minutes, which is how do we as insurance agents in this modern era, error, era, excuse me, 2022. You could call it an error. Error. Yeah. <laughs> We're kind of coming out of the COVID uh, doldrums. We all made history as being a part of that. You know, 20, 30 years from now, we can tell our grandkids that we we sat at home for a year or two and all that. But where, where are we at today with service? When you talk to these major insurance carriers that you consult with, and, and really today we want to speak more to the agency force that's listening sure. to this. You know, we have some people in the carrier reps and things that listen to this podcast, but what, where are we at with service today? So I think that service comes first and, and that's really where the big change is. My last two books were about that. It used to be, here's your coverage, here's your price. Do you want it? There's a certain segment of the customers that want that. It'll grow. It, uh, so I'm not denying it. It works. If you do it enough times, it's like, it's like a casino. You get enough people in the casino to play and you're going to win. I mean, it's just the law of large numbers. So I'm not saying that that doesn't work. What I'm saying is when you lead with service, people are dying for somebody. They're dying for somebody to help them through the maze of madness. You can't go on to a computer and go, what liability limits do I need? Because the first 500 pages are, I want to sell you insurance. Right. And then we've trained our advisors, our people that are listening. That's the way you do it. You, you've got to offer them the insurance and then you service them. I think we've got it. We got to flip it upside down, and and it's going to take a while. I've been talking about it now for over three years, uh, but it's starting to take hold. There's segments of customers, and so you triage and you say, yes, I'm going to give these people what they want, but these people over here, they really need some help, and I'm going to try to show them how I help people in situations similar to theirs. So you give them enough reasons to meet with you to give service, to give advice. And then you give the product solution right? instead of the product solution. And then let me show you how I can take care of it. And, and so, again, I love all the, the, the new stuff. You know me. I, I love technology, man. I can't wait to get a hologram. I just can't wait. Captain Kirk, right? But, but that isn't the fundamentals. The fundamentals of selling real estate, insurance, uh, whatever you're selling, big enterprise computer programs, whatever it is is really relational and getting people to know and trust you. And then that's done through service. I mean, great service. I just had a water heater that broke down and I had somebody fix it. I'm telling you, I could have got it done cheaper, but they just give great service. I can tell you the whole experience. Yeah. Well, it goes back to, I don't want to, I don't want to drill. I want just want the hole. Yeah. yeah. Solve the problem. Right. I mean, one of the biggest examples I think of that too, is like with new home buyers. Yeah. Uh, there was an agent that posted in a Facebook group and I apologize, man, if you're a, a podcast listener, because people were just ragging on this guy. And he basically said that he quoted this lady who was buying a house and first time home buyer. And she told him she was going to hold off on his quote because she was going to get some more quotes. Mm-hmm. And he basically said, well, take your business elsewhere, essentially. And I'm sitting here thinking, what if he would have said, okay, where are you getting your quotes from? I'm going to this carrier, this carrier, this carrier okay, well, here's where this one's going to be. Here's where this one's going to be. Here's a lot of times you can provide value by just telling people 
what your competition's going to do before they do it. And you're like, oh, wow, this guy really knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. It could yeah. it could be that the value could be that what we do a lot of times with new home buyers too is is we'll basically say hey you know this is how this closing is going to go you're going to you're gonna, this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is going to happen in title company and so forth and oh your lender says you're going to close on the thirtieth you're not closing on the thirtieth they're just putting that on there that way they have something on the books for this month in case you close on the thirtieth you're really going to close on the fifth just heads up and that's those sort of things. You know, yeah. so, so I agree with you. So you give them two truths. Okay. You, you just told them a fact. It's not going to close on the 30th. Here's why. And they go, oh, well, that makes sense. Then you tell them another one. Insurance is necessary. You can't close this thing. That's a truth. Right. And then you say, but let me tell you what makes me different than everybody else. That's the opening line. It, it's not my price, although we have very competitive prices. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that I'll make sure this gets done and I'm going to review with you every year. You give them all the reasons that make you different. And so the two truths hypnotizes them. I read this in a book many years ago. And then you tell them what you want them to do. And then they go, yeah, I really don't need those quotes because I tell them over a five-year period, if I do my job and Bradley, I promise you, I will. I'll review with you and make sure you get all the discounts you deserve. You're never going to pay too much for your insurance with me over a five-year period. Now that sounds good. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Let's implies we do it together. So I I get it. And what you're doing too, is you're showing them that you're Scott likes this saying, you're showing them that you are sharp as a tack. Yep. You're showing them that you know what you're talking about. And then they talk to the next guy and it's like, Oh, here's your quote. Just let us know. You're also gaining altitude with them in your, in your example, Bradley, what you just outlined for that person that's the new home buyer, maybe you're not gaining altitude with them as quickly as you want at that moment. Mm-hmm. But as they go through that process in their mind, they have this little checklist and they say, well, Bradley was right about that. Bradley was right about that. Bradley was right about that. Yep. You're yep. gaining altitude with them because you told them the truth. Well, and you can do it in commercial insurance too. We had a, we had a logger recently that she would fit with progressive pretty well. And not logger, log hauler. And she was with a non-admitted. And I mean, that just there's fees and pain in the butt to deal sure. with and that sort of thing. And we're I'm, I'm like, well, look, I can go ahead and tell you, I say, are you financing your premium? Yes, I'm financing my premium. Okay. What's your interest rate? It's 11%. Okay. I can go ahead and tell you right off the bat, I can save you 7% on your interest rate because I have a premium finance company, Ascend, who will do a lower percentage on accounts that are more than a hundred thousand dollars. So, right. And she's like, Oh, wow. This, like, you know, that sort of thing. So Troy, you said something early that, earlier that really resonated with me. You said, you mentioned something about people are starving for service, great customer service. Yeah. And I yeah. think you're absolutely positively right about that. And I'm going to give you an example, okay. fast food restaurants, right? Oh, now. Yeah. yeah. They're all shorthanded. I know a guy, when I say I know him, he's an acquaintance of mine. We've talked a few times. He owns 51 Taco Bell restaurants. Yeah. 51. Yeah. Most McDonald's franchisee, franchisors own two, three, four, five McDonald's. That's right. It's very hard for them as an owner to keep their arms wrapped around all their, as my dad always says, to see about their business. And you own 51 Taco Bells. It's pretty tough to see about your business. And I think the more that people go into these fast food restaurants and have to wait 30 minutes on a six pack of McNuggets, 
and then they go to the next retail spot and they get horrible service. And then they go to the next place and they get horrible service. The more for us as independent agents, if we are providing impeccable service going above and beyond, I think we shine like a, like a lighthouse. Without a doubt. They're like, yeah. my God, I finally found somebody that will answer the phone and have a friendly voice and do what they say they're going to do. So I agree with you. Let me give you two examples from California. And uh, if you're listening and you're in the West Coast, in and out Burger, if you want an experience in what makes uh, one fast food better than another, it's not the food. Uh, at in and out they greet you, man. They're just always happy. And, and when we got our first in and out Burger, I was amazed, man. They're all just so nice and bubbly every day. Every person is always somebody different at the window. My 14-year-old often will go, I know it's seven, but can I have an In-N-Out burger? And I'm thinking, man, I got to go get in that line. But the line is so fast because their service is so great. Mm -hmm. That's one example. Another example is I spoke with this woman uh, during COVID, and she was uh, the head of recruiting uh, for Chick-fil-A. You guys got Chick-fil-A out there. We do. And they're always nice, right? They're always good people. Their managers are outstanding. And uh, the one thing I gleaned from her talk was we recruit people, recruit. They look for people to give great service. So I, I think your fast food analogy is great. People will pay more and they'll, they'll wait for you if you give great service. But if you're going to be rude, they, don't, they won't wait in line and they won't pay more. So this goes back to what I was just saying. Here's the thing about Chick-fil-A. Yeah. As a franchisee, you're not a franchisee. You're a general manager. You are. Right? Yeah. That's right. And on the the job. That's right. There are only about two or three general managers, air quotes there, who have multiple locations. And those two or three have been owners since way back when Chick-fil-A started. So that goes right to my point. It's like, well, why are they so successful? Well, part of that equation has to be the person who some people would might call a franchisee, but they're technically a general manager. They're there every day seeing about their business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't have 62 Taco Bells from coast to coast that who knows what's going on in any of them, right? Well, it's funny too, back to the being nice thing. So a couple of years ago, and I've used this example before, a Chick-fil-A customer posted on, this was, this was like, Four years ago, like Chick-fil-A has always been popular in the South. This was right when they started to really get national attention for all the my pleasure and all that kind of stuff. And somebody said, man, Chick-fil-A employees are just so nice. They're always happy and friendly with each other when I get there. I don't know if it was an ex or a current Chick-fil-A employee. So just so you know, all that's fake. We force all that. It's all an act. Like we don't really get along that good. We don't really care if you have a good day. We don't, it's not our play, like all this stuff. And I commented and said, who cares if it's fake? Right. Yeah. Right. As long as you're relaying that. Me- yeah. It would be better if it was real, yeah. but who cares? It's like when you go to the Disney Institute and you do their training, they I was just going to use that. Yeah. They teach you on stage, off stage. Right. Yeah. When you walk through these doors, you're on stage. My son worked there. I can testify that's real. When you walk through the door, you are on. And man, you get like, I'm I'm paraphrasing, three strikes and you are gone. I mean, you know, and there are things you can be gone on the first one, you know, but it's like, you you will be nice. So what? It's fake. If if that's the case, I love that fake. That's not the kind of fake I don't like. I like it. Troy, let me ask you a question. Sure. You work with some of the top carriers in the country, yeah. in the yeah. world, really. Yeah. Uh, and from a consulting perspective all the time. Yeah. 
let, let's just give these agents some, just a Whitman sampler, if you will, of hot topics that you're seeing yourself be hired to help these top carriers out there. And we're not going to name any names today, but kind of yeah. what their focus is right now, where they stand. Yeah. Whether exclusive or independent or a combination, right? Right. Uh, that I've got about 15 unique talks that I do. And then when I consult, I laser focus. So let's just talk about the talks because we're, we've got this audience here. Right. Uh, when, when we're talking, the biggest one is how to build a team. I mean, that's mm. the one everybody wants to know. Where do you find them? How do you recruit them? How do you hire them? How do you onboard them? How do you train them, motivate them? And then how do you get rid of them if they're not given that service that we expect them to give? So that's the biggest one. And then I could go down the list. I won't bore you with the whole list, but the annual review, just nobody does it enough, right? And it's a fundamental and only about 10% or less of the agencies do them or do them right. And uh, so that's a big one. And then you get into technology, which I'm a, a subject matter expert or what they call a SMR subject matter resource and bringing technology into that ecosystem locally, whether you're in Huntsville or Mobile or whether you're in California, it doesn't matter. And so I, I'm not going to bore you with everything because some of them are laborious. Uh, some yeah. of the jobs, some of the jobs are super interesting. Yeah. The training p- aspect of it has now gotten interesting. Insurance used to be boring. And when I got into it, now it's sexy. It's, it's fun. So well, you, you're a part owner of a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't had anything going on the last few years, have you, in the restaurant business? <laughs> Talk a little and, and by the way, like I think you eat there every night because you post some of these meals that look that lasagna. Was it last night? You had the lasagna. Last night. It was oh killer. my gosh, it looks yeah. so good. Yeah. So yeah. talk a little, and I think it's great. It's a Cajun restaurant as it well. Is. The founding of it is a Cajun. Yeah. yeah. Talk a little bit about why the restaurant and some of the the parallels you see with the restaurant. I mean, I'm sure at some point something has happened in the restaurant that you're like, wow, we can use this in the insurance agency. And the flip side, something's happened in the insurance agency that you can use in the restaurant. Because I know for me personally, even from a marketing standpoint, I've had friends who own other more less regulated businesses ask me for marketing advice and and they're like, oh my God, that's the best thing I've ever heard. I'm like, yeah, because I'm not dealing with like, we can't give, like, I can't get to my office and say insurance is 5% off today, right? We can't run a sale. So talk a little bit about some of that. Well, like I'm going to, I could talk, we could have the whole podcast be about this. So I'm glad <laughs> you brought that. And you know me, I like to kid. There's a lot of money in restaurants. I know because I put a lot of money in them. Okay. <laughs> But it's my brother's restaurant. We started it together. We built the building, literally built the building. We were the contractor. It's a big New Orleans building. If you ever go on to crawdaddiesvisalia.com, you can see the building. And it's, but, I, but I'm going to give the credit all to my brother because when we first started, it, we lost a lot of money. And most do, right? And you're trying to build your brand. And he created a unique brand. So if you're listening, there's a lot of competition in restaurants. So you got to be unique. And he created a brand. So that'd be the first thing. In insurance, just to whether you're independent or whether you're exclusive tied, you've got to be unique. You can't just be in the top three for consideration. And that's marketing, top three. You've got to be the one they go, that's my destination. That's where I got to go. So Bradley, I learned a lot from my brother. We've had the restaurant for now almost 16 years. Wow. 
And we've had others, right? We've had Mexican restaurants before that, but th this one we've had for 16 years, and this is the one. And it truly is not because of the food. He cooks a great steak. He makes lobster. He makes Cajun dishes that are off the rails, but they also have Mexican dishes. It's not the food. It truly is the experience, the way you're greeted when you come in. There's a restaurant in our town we really admire, and their, their food is just the most elegant, wonderful food people just love to come, but they love to come to our place because the food is great. And then you just like being there. There's music. Uh, and then there's quiet if you want to go to the second floor, but it's service because anybody can cook a good steak, but not everybody can make you have a great experience. And that's what my brother's created. Now I'm willing to talk about marketing because he knows how much he's spending on marketing, how much on payroll. It's a business where if you don't mind every expense, and then invest money, you're not going to make money. It's it's razor thin. In insurance, we go rip out a big uh, logger uh, or we go rip out a big life policy or whatever. And we made big profits all at one time. These are one plate at a time, you know, and, and so I'm willing to talk more about it, but it really is the service. That's what I've learned. I could write a book just on the service they give in the restaurant. I think wow. if the, I'm a foodie, I love going, yeah. my hobby is going out to eat with my wife, but we're getting ready to go on a trip next week or tomorrow. Actually, I'm looking forward to the most of the food. If the food is average, but the service is good, I will go back. If the oh. food is great and I, the people treat me like crap and make me feel like I'm inconveniencing them, which happens more and more with how yeah. hard it is to hire people yeah. right now. I'm not going to go back. Like right. that's just it. I want to talk about your new book you got coming out in October, October timeframe. I don't want to, you know, say exactly when, cause I know there's a few small things that have got to get done before we release that, but we talked about it before the show, it's going to be a resource book. Talk a yeah. little bit about that and how, why agents might want to maybe go out and buy that book. Yeah. And, I, and I'd love to talk about it. It's, it really is the culmination of everything I've worked on getting appointments under the right conditions and then how to run them. Cause it comes up every day, whether I'm in the C-suite or whether, and most of my work is out in the field. I like the field. Uh, I just get hired by carriers to do the field work, but my love is your audience, but really it's, it's seeing people under the right conditions. And there's different ways to do that. What you guys have described a few today, new homeowners, uh, people that are uh, buying a car, people that have been with the same carrier for 25 years and they're not getting great service, but there's different ways to talk to people. And just it, it just gets down to creating an experience to get people in the chair. And I'll, I'm gonna give you kind of the secret sauce here. If you never buy the book, I wanna give you the secret sauce. It is like the dentist. And I've been talking about this for years, but I have this woman that works with me. Her name is Deb. And Deb has helped me to say it better because everybody goes, ah, that, that makes sense, but then they don't do it. So you think about your dentist, they have three, four, five chairs. You don't go in there and they're empty. They're all full because the dentist knows if they got enough people in the chair, somebody's got a cavity, a root canal, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But but the key is how do you get them in? Because once you get them in, it just is perpetual. It just keeps going, right? Because we have a product suite that won't end. We have auto, we have home, we have life. We have financial services. We have business insurance of all types. It's endless what we've got. The problem is, is most agents, I'm going to use the review as an example, go, oh, I've just got too many customers to see them every year. Right. Okay. So I'm going to simplify this real quick for if you were in front of me and I was giving you my big presentation, there would be a slide that pops up and it shows 1,200 
customers, clients, not policies, 1,200 customers. Now, you're smart. If you're listening to this, you can multiply this. If you have 3,600, you just multiply everything by three, right? But we're going to use 1,200 because that's a, that's an average agency with one or two people working in it. And so I've got one or two people working with me and I need to see, I divide it by 12. That's 100 customers a month I've got to see. So I got to make calls to those 100 customers, right? But I divide it by 20 days and that's five customers a day I got to call. If I'm only calling five, why would I take the no right away? If they don't answer the phone, I call them back at a different time. If they answer the phone and they go, I'm busy, I move them forward. It's only five people, right? Remember what I said earlier, less than 10% do the reviews. That's the teeth cleaning. I've been talking about this since power position your agency. But it's different now because, you know what, with all the advertising, the billions of dollars that, that they're spending, carriers, really, they just want to meet new customers. They want to be considered for their product. Right. But we're right there in their community. Why wouldn't they talk to us, somebody they know and trust, not somebody in a call center all the way across America or in a different country? Why not us? So I think the opportunity is better for everybody. And that's why this manuscript here that I'm holding is going to be one of the best things I've ever done because it combines the fundamentals because sports, right? You still got the same fundamentals. You just got a new way to deliver the baseball game on TV, on uh, radio or whatever, on, on the internet. Okay. It's the same thing. We're delivering insurance contracts. We're just delivering them a different way. And so we got to meet the customer where they want to be met. Mm. through the technology they want to use, right? So we've got to understand they don't, you know, you talked about your kid having the, the texting. Lauren, my daughter, Lauren, 14. I said, what, why don't you text me? Oh, because I use this other program. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So she's got to go off of her program she likes to go to me. Well, if I want to meet her, I got to meet her on the program she's used, right? right. Customers are the same way. What's that? And it, one little hint here, people have a secret life. They do, mm. a lot of them. And they don't want to talk to you on the phone or they don't want to talk to you on regular text. They want to talk to you on Messenger or they want to talk to you on Instagram Messenger or they want to talk to you on WhatsApp or in the future, a hologram. So start looking for ways to contact people because it's changing every year. Well, it's and, it, and two, even if you don't agree with it, you can't. And, I, and this was one of the things I talked about when we were together in Texas even if I don't agree with the way that Lemonade or Geico or State Farm or whoever is doing business, it doesn't mean I need to sit there with my fingers in my ears and my eyes closed. Agreed. Because that's the guy or the gal that loses this game in the long run, the one who's not, pay, who's not paying attention to what everybody else is doing. Because you may be able to say, hey, Lemonade's chatbot is Great. Let's implement that in our agency where people can buy insurance to a or whatever, right? There's things that you can do to meet these people where you are. A, a big carrier denied us an appointment because we text our customers. They sent me a letter. It's hanging on my wall over there. And it says, we're not appointing you because we don't like your communication style. Mm. This is the RVP, SV, whatever you want to call it. The, 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 the boss of the carrier reps. Yeah. Sure. They texted me to confirm the appointment when they met with me at the office. <laughs> like I've got 90 year olds coming in my office or calling in my office saying, Hey, can you help me get my glove box app set up for all my policies? Like it's not just segmented to the younger generation anymore. So, so let me, let me compliment you. And we're all friends here, but you can 
cut this out if if it is not something you want on there. I know you won't cut it out. I bought a policy from you recently. You did. I bought a rental in Mississippi. Um, my wife's family's there, and I bought a rental. I'm going to buy a number of them, and I went to you. I didn't I didn't call up a hundred different people. I went to you, and you gave me a policy. I didn't price it out, but let me tell you what the experience was for me. And I'm not just saying this because I'm on the show. Your team texted me. Your team followed up with me. Your team kept coming back and they caught on that I wasn't answering the emails. I was answering the text. And so then when the whole transaction was done, was I happy? And there was a a system, a process. And I usually don't fill out the Google reviews. I did. It It was a delightful experience, but I learned something from this being a consultant. It's the same thing. And Scott, I know you do this too. You go, hey, man, that was that's something I should think about to the lemonade point. You know, just because they're competitors, if you will, it doesn't mean we can't learn something from them. It's the old Sam Walton Walmart deal. He went through and went to the competitors and said, this is working, this is not. Mm-hmm. But you got to keep evolving. You know, one of the things I do in my, my training is a pre-work and a post-work now. That's different. And, and, and the post-work is to evolve, you know, it's to become something more than I was today. And we're, you guys are big. I mean, you guys are huge, but you could be bigger. This, this yep. podcast could be even bigger, you know, and you're the biggest, you know, and you can't stop growing. I'll tell you a funny story on that. So my yeah. buddy, my buddy, Reggie, who is down in Southern Baldwin County up until a few months ago, he had the most five-star Google reviews of any independent agency in this area. And uh, we've been catching up to him. And I, we passed him and I bought a trophy. I bought a trophy that said second most Google reviews and mailed it to him. And that's how he found out that we passed him when he got that in the mail. It's just, he didn't like that. My favorite friends are the ones that we can rib each other and nobody gets sure. their feelings. Anyway, so, but his team tracks it. Like they track it in their meetings and everything. And the other day he sent me a screen grab of your Google review and said, holy crap, how did you get Course Garden to leave you a good review? So we run a policy, dog. We run him a policy. He gave the review, man. Followed the process. And we're not perfect by any means. We're always tweaking. I think that's where you lose, too, when you try to be forward thinking. But then it's like, okay, it's done. We don't have to worry about it. But we're always tweaking things. That's right. I told you, I said, hey, I'm going to roll you in our onboarding because I want you to give me your thoughts on it and that sort of thing. And, you know, we used to, Troy... We used to ask people in their onboarding, and it's all automated. We used to ask people, what's your preferred communication style? It's a trick I got from my buddy, Chris Paradiso. He's like, you know, if we have a a $100,000 revenue account and they prefer to be contacting one way and we're contacting another. No, I want that in the file. I want to know how we're supposed to contact them. And, uh, and so we would ask people, Hey, what's your preferred method of communication, phone call, in-person text, email, and I think I had one person in two years say anything other than text message. Everybody was like, just text me. We can handle it. And now that's going to evolve. That's going to change. If I get too set in my ways and six years from now, I'm like, no, people want text, but really they want WhatsApp or they want me to hologram into their office or they want me to send them an NFT of me talking like what, like you have to evolve and change. You have to go where the people want to be. That's right. So every time I get online, you're traveling. Yeah. Uh, Some people think that about me as well. And I know we've I've had my share of of struggles with this. Nothing bad, but just struggles. You know, how do you maintain balance with everything you're doing? I mean, you're running a freaking enterprise. I mean, I know you have to be intentional, but how do you do that? Yeah. 
So there's no such thing as perfect balance. Let's get that out of the way. You just got to strive for it. And I, and I feel I can talk about the subject now. I couldn't have talked about it 10 years ago. My life was out of whack. Uh, part of it was my health. So I think to have balance, you got to have good health. So you saw me eat that lasagna last night. There was a salad with it. That was half of the lasagna I was given. So I eat better. I don't drink anymore because I'm, I'm not a good person when I drink. And it's poor for my health. And I recognize that. It took me a while to learn that. The other thing is, you guys have used the word, both of you, intentional. I, I got to be intentional. And both of you know me. We've had personal interactions that have nothing to do with insurance. It's really cultivating the relationships, the people you care about, not always in a business fashion, you know. And there's some people that are only business. That's okay. You know, I just, I prefer this, right? I prefer the next conversation we're going to have, which has nothing to do with insurance. So when you're traveling, it's hard because I'll take a lot of work with me and I think I'm going to do this work and I just am lugging it around. It's like your workout clothes. You bring them along, but you still got to get up at four in the morning or five in the morning. You're not going to go work out. So you have to think out your day. And I, I teach a class on how to use your time correctly. Now, to do more with less, okay? It's, it's not how to fit more into your schedule. It's how to do more. So when I'm on the road, it's a time for me to reconnect with my friends. I can call both of you. I can call up my family. Uh, I'm sitting in a uh, like the Admirals Club or the United uh, Room or Deltas, whatever. I'll be in those. I pay for those because it gives me privacy and I can relax and eat and eat well. And, um, you know, we could talk all day about this. I think if you're listening to the podcast today, is to have a really good calendar. And if it's 90% business and 10% personal, you're screwed up. And, uh, and I've been there and I'm, I'm saying it with total humility. I now have more balance because I'm going to get done here. And I, on my calendar, made a date with myself to call my wife mm. or to talk to my son or to talk to my daughters or, or my brothers and my sisters Instead of going, well, when, I, when I'm not busy, that's when I'll call. So intentional means sometimes making a date with yourself. But again, I'm blabbing on. I, could, I love this subject. I love all the subjects, a restaurant and this. You guys have been fabulous. I, I think it's really easy to a lot of, and I don't have the balance you have, but I think it's really easy for a lot of younger business people. And I've certainly fallen into this trap to think I'll just be successful in business and everything else will work itself out. That's like saying, I'll just run a mile every day and I'm going to eat cheeseburgers and it'll, it'll pan <laughs> out. <laughs> so that, that's something I, I really wanted to bring up. So talk a little bit, my last question, and I'll let Scott ask his talk. And my wife and I have participated in this. Talk a little bit about the discussion partner accelerator and what that yeah. is and what, what kind of value that provides agents. Yeah, thanks. We're, we're, I'm, I'm proud of it because I've been able to bring other people in to help me with it. it you know, my personality is strong. I'm, I, I'm a good order. But when you get to having groups of people together, there are people that are better than me uh, moderating, if you will. And so we have these study groups that are private with carriers. All the carriers have them. Uh, but then we have these industry groups where people from every company, independent, exclusive, all get together. And there are different cohorts there. We got a new one starting up here in a, uh, next month. And I love them because I've got now Tina Paulus Krauss that came from American Family, that world. Uh, but she's, you know, she's great. She's, she's better than me. Deb, who helps me now write 
as far as editing and, and just putting everything together is better than me. If you see my presentations and, and you and I got to speak together, they're just, they're better put together. It's, it's having humility to say, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. Um, but, but I have some good thoughts. I've got energy to get them out there, but it takes a group of people. And so I'm excited about that. And then we do the inflection point ones that are, um, you know, one or two days and they're, they're for the advanced, for the people that really want to immerse themselves. And I've got several groups of those and, uh, it's more fun for me. You know, we talk about balance. Now, if, if I were to come to Huntsville and I was doing something, you know what I would be doing? I would be going because I want to go eat with Scott, you know, like Daniel song says, uh, you know, that never eat alone. Right. Well, I just, mm -hmm. I'd like to, you know, I was in Manhattan, Kansas the other day and went for a walk with my friend, Michelle for almost two hours and just talked about life. Mm -hmm. So getting to do these things like these study groups, whether they're virtual or in person allows me to get the balance that I want at the same time. So it's exciting, but thanks for bringing it up. I appreciate Scott, it. He's not giving himself enough credit. We spoke together at soup live. He went first. Okay. I've spoken in a lot of weird situations. The biggest compliment I, I think I've ever gotten in my entire life, Scott, was when we did the Gary Vaynerchuk podcast, I had a several people reach out and say, man, you must have ice water in your veins. You didn't sound nervous at all. Scott too. When he spoke so it was Troy another young lady. It was her first speaking engagement ever and me. And when he got done, I looked at the person to my left and I said, thank God, I don't have to follow that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, I would have been a wreck. Thank goodness. There was a little bit of a buffer. Um, and I even, it even just being around you in that energy elevated my energy for my presentation. I was like, okay, I've got to bring it now. So I think, you know, collaborating and things like that with people like Daniel Song and, and Ryan Hanley, Scott, yeah, yeah. Uh, it just, it gives you something. Well, man, I was, I was auditioning for your next year's deal. I hope you guys include me <laughs> in the next, next you, one you're doing. You're, you are there, dude. You are there. I'm, I, I will be there. If you invite me, I'm going to be there, man. I'm, I'm, I just, I, I'm, I'm hoping that I get on the docket, man. Hey, that's a good point. We'll go ahead and bring this up, guys. Tickets are out. Super early bird tickets. So one city world tour, Austin, Texas, January the 18th and the 19th, it's going to be really special and tickets are never going to be as cheap as they are right now. I don't know what the link is. I think it's gloveboxapp.com backslash one city world tour, but I'll get Johnny to put that in the show notes. Well, yeah, I told you I wanted to be there. So include me in this year's man. Absolutely. You're going to be I there. I told man. you already. We're going to have you open it up. Yeah. Awesome. And we'll, we'll make the, we'll make that second speaker really nervous. <laughs> Troy. I want to end this podcast talking to these insurance agents. You know, uh, you've been through a lot in your life and you've seen a lot and you've done a lot in the insurance industry and you continue to do that. I have a question that I'd love to ask you. If you could go back now with all the knowledge you have, with all of the just the industry information, the, the time and service, if you will, and you were going to start your own agency today yeah, from scratch, uh -huh. what are three things? Three things that you feel like would be the most important things to guarantee success for the long term if you were going to start an agency today. It's an easy question to answer, Scott. And, uh, and I'm, this is, I've thought a lot about it and I know I could do it, uh, but I've trained other people to do it. So I've thought a lot about this. Number one, I would work on a personal 
skill, if you will, is to get fear out of my life. Don't be afraid. Uh, and the reason is, is we all have it. I've got it, right? You've got it. Uh, Bradley's got it. it there, it's innate, right? We're, it's it's in, in our DNA. Right. But you want to reduce the fear, call reluctance, uh, meeting with people, meeting with people that are smarter than you, whatever, to not be afraid. And so if I worked on that, then I could see more people. That's the next one. The secret to success is meeting with people under the right conditions and a higher volume of them, by the way, but then meeting with the right people, right? Because once you get them all in your chair, it's like Denzel Washington said, you know, action is good, but if you're on a rocking horse, you're just rocking away in the same place. So once you get the inertia up, right, you've got to start letting go and letting that rocking horse run, right? It can't stay in the same place. So then you start to refine who you're meeting with, you know, and where's the most profit. So again, I'm rereading books along with reading new ones. A lot of them. I mean, you'd be shocked. And the 80-20 rule is real. Okay. And, and there's a lot of books that are spun off of that. That And so I would become a learner. That's number three. I would listen to this podcast and I wouldn't get one thing. They go, oh, if I could just get one thing out of this conference. Tack with that, man. I, I was at the conference for two days. One thing? Give me 20. Right. And, and then I'm going to make a date with myself to execute it all because ideas are awesome, but without execution, they're just delusion. They're just a bunch of words. You know, it's the person who has no fear, the person who sees the people, and then the person who refines and learns those three things. I'm telling you, man, you, you just can't lose. You know, how high you're going to go is up to you, but you can't lose if you do all three of those things. I mean, I'll recruit anybody into this business, anybody. And I recruit all, all the time. I got no skin in the game. I make no money off of it. Nobody kicks me back a referral fee, but I'm recruiting every day because I think this is a great business to be in. I really do. Mm, it's a great place to stop. Thank you, Troy. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, before we go, before I end this podcast, Troy, I'm going to tell you a story. Okay. Piggybacks your restaurant story. Okay. So about 10 years ago, I had an old boy cutting my hair in small town, Alabama. Barbershop pole outside. Every small town barber in America looked just like him. <laughs> and I walked in and I sat down in his chair. And I kind of knew who he was. And we were making small talk while he was cutting my hair. And I knew he was in the cattle business. He owned some property and he had cows, a bunch of cows, and he'd been in it for a long time, knew, knew more about it than most people do. And I was asking him, you know, Hereford, Angus, hybrid, what are cattle prices? Blah, 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 blah. We're just talking about the cattle business. He just, he looked, he stops cutting my hair and he looks at me and said, Scott, do you want me to tell you how to make a small fortune in the cattle business? And I said, absolutely. I'd love to know. And he said, start with a big one. My brother and you would get along really well. Start with a big one. I love it. <laughs> Guys, as I end every podcast, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out by from behind that desk today. Stop doing TPS reports. Go out, build relationships with people. Get to know people. Learn more about them and their family and their, what, it, what, what it is that they love to do. Learn how to communicate with them. Learn how to communicate with your clients. Learn how to communicate with your prospects. Go make money for your family, for your husband, for your wife, for your kids' college fund. And for your parents out there that are struggling today, go help them. Go make money for them. Write good business for the companies that you represent and write good business 
for the agencies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Troy. Troy, we love you too. Love you too, man. Thank you. Love Guys, you. you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being a part of our family, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. We thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.